Yeah, Stormcast. Woo! Woo! Welcome to the Constant Struggle. I'm Nick Watson. I'm Bree Watson. We have a guest. Woo! And I'm Dan Rosen. I am the guest. Well, I was, we were going to do a better job at introducing you. Okay, but sorry. I think go that's ahead. Fine. That's well. I mean, no, it's not fine because now we don't know anything about him. Now I'm just, just Dan Rosen. That's all you need to know. There we go. All there. right. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> there right. actually is a Dan Rosen who's a, like a Hollywood screenwriter. Is, is it, it you? you? No, not me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. So is that what you are, Dan? A screenwriter? I'm a screenwriter. I'm not a Hollywood screenwriter. You're a Toronto screenwriter. I'm a Toronto screenwriter. Why don't you give us a little, a little mini bio? A mini bio. Well, when I was a small child. Anyhow, um, yeah. So I like I studied sociology in university. Like all great screenwriters. Like all great screenwriters, because I was like writers write about society, and that's the study of society. You Um, hear like crazy. Drippity drops. Drippity drop in the background. That's it's a noise I'm making. Yep. Uh, Dan is going to be peeing for this entire episode. Until 7.40. No. That's what Environment Canada says. <laughs> <laughs> the bladder tracker app is working fantastically. That's right. Also, I'm eating coffee cake right now, so my mouth might be sometimes full. Um, we are professionals. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I studied sociology, and then... But I did like a lot of theater in university, um, and so I wanted to keep doing that. Uh, got like a job, another job for a little while. Then what was that job? That was uh, as a support assistant for adults with disabilities. Okay. Um, but then still wanted to do film, so I went to this random like hippy dippy uh, sort of like film school in rural Denmark called the European Film College oh, cool. for a year, where like it was like you do like a few weeks trying different courses. And then, like, there weren't grades. It was just sort of, like, review sessions you'd have. Do you think they're going to appreciate you calling it hippy-dippy? Yeah, I mean, Denmark's kind of, like, it's a socialist country, so I think they'd be fine with it, yeah. Um, And then I stayed there, worked for a year as a college assistant, uh, and then just used it to, like, that way also I could, like, use uh, their equipment and make more films and stuff. And then I... That is a sweet setup. It is a pretty sweet setup, yeah. And then made money running the bar there for all the drunk... European students, and then um, and went rich off. too if they can afford to drink in the Scandinavian country. That's right. Well, it was a small like, uh, but we didn't make that much money because okay. we didn't charge that much. Uh, but yeah, it was um, so yeah. So then I applied for the screenwriting at the National Film and Television School and got in. That's in, oh yeah, what nation? Uh, that was <laughs> in, <laughs> no, the national, yeah, it was in uh, England, so it was just outside of London, England, in a small town called Beaconsfield. So were you slowly working your way back to North America? At that kind point? of, yeah. I guess you say I figured, it was called David Beckhamsfield? Uh, Be- uh, Beaconsfield. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Is that next started. to Macclesfield? <laughs> Macclesfield? No, okay. yeah. But yeah, and so then after that, um, yeah, my, so I stayed there, made my first connection right after film school to write, get commissioned for a screenplay, and then my visa ran out, and I had to go home to Canada, but I got, so then I worked with the uh, director and producer on that um, while I was in Canada, okay. and so we, like, and we, like, you know, signed a contract, I went back to visit for a couple weeks signed a contract when I went back and then wrote the first couple of drafts, got paid for that. Oh, sweet. And that, which was awesome. And then the director, like, had something come up and, like, oh. this, the project got put on hold. 
but then the producer was working with a who's a London-based producer was working with a New York-based producer on a couple projects uh, so they wanted me to rewrite a script that this LA-based director was uh, going to direct <clears throat> and so we got together on that then that project got dropped and then uh, I made a short film when I graduated called Joe and Mary's Kid yeah I about, saw that on your uh, Facebook okay yeah yeah I post on Facebook like every like few hours to try and get people to watch it online but that was recent uh, well I made the film last year but I recently I just keep posting it all the time okay just to try and get the views up uh, on Vimeo um, but then yeah and so then they saw they saw that short film they really liked it and then they and so now I've been working on a feature version of that with them okay um, we should plug your small feature your short then like what mm. what what is it how do you get to it on the Vimeo uh, so yeah Vimeo well I can give you like it's like vimeo.com/ Nine, two. Oh, okay, you know sorry, what? We're, no, gonna no, do, we're just going to give you the link yeah. later. Yeah. So I thought it was easy. I'll give you the link later. The Richard <laughs> link later. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so it's a Joe and Mary's kid. It's on Vimeo. What's it about? It's about a couple who can't have children, so the husband builds a robot to be the child for the wife, uh, and she doesn't get along with the robot. And oh. So on. Nah. Well, robots don't have feelings. Not. Well, yet. I, I not yet. Well, although they just—I mean—he's gonna feel rejection from the mom. Like, well, that's you'll have to watch the film to find out. Ooh. 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 Yeah, and they actually did just like the Japanese company just made a robot that's supposed to have emotions or like yeah. recognize. When emotions. do they give you money for having <laughs> yeah, stolen well, your I'm idea. waiting. Yeah. Well, but my robot doesn't have emotions. Oh. I did see. you see Ex Machina? No, not yet, but everyone's been talking about it, and like whenever I talk about my robot film, they'll be like, oh, completely different. It, well, I mean, it's, it's an AI movie. It's yeah. not like, well, they want to love the robot, but in a very non-parental way. Right, I see, yeah. That's what I've heard. It's supposed to be Sex really robot. good. Sex robot. Wasn't that AI, though? Sex robot. Every movie. Or also, like, the episode of Futurama with Lucy Liu. Right. As well, yeah. Wow, so there's a there's, there's a lot of sex robots. Yeah, yeah, sex robots. I, I see guess where robotics like are going right now. A male fan. There's also a really great uh, sci-fi book I read in university called okay. "He, robot? She, and It," oh. which is oh. about a cyborg that protects a post-apocalyptic Jewish town, but also has an affair with his maker's like niece. Oh. Um, and because like he's a cyborg, like you know, he doesn't need to pleasure himself just to pleasure her. Anyhow, oh, it's like part post apocalyptic fiction, part Harlequin romance. Awesome. I would read that. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so you're already successful, so I don't really think uh, we need to ask you anymore. Uh, well, I, I, maybe we should find out about how to get that successulation. Why, wait, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> successulation. Wasn't really. I wasn't really. Oh, you didn't want to wrap up the show. Oh, okay. Well, well thank you for having me. Like no, of course not. Uh, it was a joke. Oh. It was a deadpan joke because I happen to know that uh, that uh, you're not a millionaire. No, <laughs> I thought you were going to say because I happen to know that you're not successful. No. <laughs> yeah, because I I do have a day job still. Exactly. Yeah. So the point I of, didn't get the joke because I thought it was fantastic that you got money for something you wrote. Ah, uh, me too. But that's freaking, the money that's then ran out. Yeah, but that's just a. a okay. Yes. No. Nah. But the point of the podcast isn't like okay. As soon as you have made a single money, to <laughs> I know, but I have made one money. It's pretty cool. It is great. 
course it's no, fantastic. Nah, no, shucks. But <laughs> here, not fun. But the the point of the podcast is, yeah, he's working hard. He's doing his art, but he can't live off of his art. Yet. I, I'm still within the constant struggle. Exactly. There you go. Right. Nick's just saying. Here's my idea. Right. You made money off of writing. Yeah. Just quit everything and just eat based on that money and then you'll officially be yeah, uh, that money's all gone and oh. it wasn't that much money right. well, it was a very it was for a very like small like micro budget film so it was cool. only like you know a few thousand bucks and that that's was right. which that's was cool. great awesome. but that was like over a year ago and yeah I can't live for like an entire year no, on that much certainly money. not in Toronto anymore. no oh, that's yeah. right uh yeah so, but, but that's uh it was a good start that's amazing that it happened so early on in your career, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, a lot of people work uh, a long time before they uh, can even sell anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what, what kind of questions did you have for Dan? Well, oh, well, uh, the getting to know you phase. We can go back getting to that. Getting to know you. <laughs> That's I just, yeah, of course. Uh, well, how, well, we know. Where how, did you guys meet? That's what I, my first question was going to be. Oh, we actually met on a film project because. Bree's best friend, her like life wife, uh, Jillian English, is um, so she's my housemate. But we went to university together. We did a bit of improv and uh, theater together, and she was looking for someone to direct a like filmed. Um, it was like part of that forty-eight hour film challenge. But this was it? even before that. So ah. we like she wanted to do. Her dra- her theater show Drag Queen Stole My Dress. Right. Um. She wanted to do like a sort of like a That's YouTube right. trailer for it. Okay. And so I was going to direct it. So I directed it, and Brie also had a little guest appearance in it. And then. That's yeah, right. we and then we so we filmed that bit, and then we played Cards Against Humanity afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> that was, like, was a fun time. Brie is hilarious. Um. And then that we've been friends with her. No, oh, but like okay. even outside of the cards. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Because I've played Cards Against Humanity with lame people, and it's not funny. It's not as funny. Are, are yeah. they just shocked by the awful? <laughs> uh, partially. So yeah, so I also then did... So I did film that thing, and then Jill and I, after later on, we yeah did a 48-hour film challenge. And what's interesting, actually, earlier today, I got a Facebook message from Jenna Warrender, who we all know from... Isn't it just Warrender? It is just Warrender. I realized okay. it after I said that. Okay. Um, but Jenna Warrender who uh, we all know from Comedy Bar. Yes. And who's an actress. She acted in um, our short film, and she actually just gave me a message saying, talking about meeting up, like to, uh, to possibly work on another project together. Oh, cool. That's one thing I'd find, I'd say, to connect it to the film world, is just like always basically having like irons in the fire. Not just like one little thing at a time. Of course. So I've always got like six to like 12 things that I'm hoping at least one of them like catches flame and then... You'd um, run with that one. And run with that yeah. one, yeah. D- that must get hot. Yes, it does. And definitely, like, when I'm doing a part-time job and then also trying to write uh, at the same time and meet with people whenever I can. So is your, your job right now is just part-time? <laughs> it's just part-time, although, depends. I, so you I work at a hotel. I did a, I had an eight-hour shift today. I work at a hotel, and, uh, yeah, like, and actually last week I had 48 hours because it's the summer and like, oh, it's busy. Okay. But then in the winter, I'll have like 16 hours a week or something okay, like cool. that. So it'll even out, and that's when I'll be writing and like scrimping and saving and stuff. Oh, I just got a question. Like, when you're mm-hmm. writing, if, you're, if it's like one of your writing days, how many hours are you putting in? Uh, depends. But I try and put in 
two or three hours at a time yep. for a day. Um, <clears throat> it's hard to sometimes, yeah, like sometimes it's hard and like I only end up getting like an hour and a half if it's been like a day where I'm also working. Um, but I try to get like, you know, two to three hours at a time, uh, minimize the ADD because I do have a short attention span. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. And sometimes that writing will just be like outlining. Sometimes it'll be researching. Uh, and sometimes it'll just be, you know, like it'll be after like writing us, writing the dialogue and the like action sequences. Cause there's more other scripts than dialogue. Just so everyone listening can, people who aren't, you know, in the biz will know that like stuff that you see, like reactions and stuff on film also are written by the writer. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good yeah. point. And Cause I get that a lot. I went, I once wrote an anime, a short animation that had. No dialogue in it, and then people were saying, "Well, what did you write?" And I said, uh, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. Although, do you know that thing you just watched? Yeah. All yeah, of that. All of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Although some, you don't want to add like stage directions necessarily. No, that's true. So, uh, but but you want to say like, like maybe like so and so, like you would write though. Let's say like so and so looks at someone. So and so glares at right. someone. Yeah. They stomp their feet. Whatever. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The action, but not necessarily the like. Yeah. No way they're going to. No, because you want to get the actor. The also yeah, the director and the actor need to get some things, and you'd also you wouldn't want to. Uh, you would never write something literary like, oh, like so and so was thinking about this, because the audience is gonna isn't gonna see yeah, that they're thinking about they, crumpets. Yeah, mm. You just say that they look at crumpets and lick their lips, for right, example. Exactly. Yeah. So the audience then gets that they're like, thinking. Ah, that person. That's what it looks like to think about crumpets. Yeah, you know, when you look at crumpets and lick your lips. Yeah. Uh, That's really good writing right there. I'm going to go leave you two to it and start my next screenplay about crumpets now. Cool. Uh, Sounds good. To to lick a crumpet? Oh. To lick a crumpet. That sounds like a period piece. Ew. A British period piece. Who lick a crumpet? I was was thinking porn the whole way there. You always uh, this is ex- this must be exciting for uh, for you, Nick, because you're also uh, trying to get into some screenwriting stuff. Yeah. So here's a, a wonderful resource for you, uh, Dan. Yeah. Who is who has done the education and has created what is, what are some technical maybe questions you want to? What I don't know. What do you want to ask somebody who's already done what you want to do? How can I get it? No. Um, <laughs> No, like I just asked about like what is your your writing session like like two three mm-hmm. hours it's pretty cool. Um, what I'm trying to do is like one hour a day at least at my bare that, minimum. But that's really that's really good. I think that's cause like so sometimes I might feel like I don't even have time to write, but I I try and always bring a writing notebook with me wherever I go, and then even if I don't like if I forget the writing notebook like you know have my phone, but like try to do let's say you know like jotting down just like 15 minutes if I have no other time like on the bus to work or something like that and they're always new are they always like projects you're currently working on or is it like if something new strikes you uh, yeah a new idea if I'm like oh like I mean I like for example I watched the after watching Kanye West's performance at the Pan Am Games I had an idea for like a, some like sci-fi Douglas Adamsy thing that I then wrote notes down that if it ever gets written, probably won't get written for like five years, but now I have it in one of my writer's notebooks and I have like a drawer full of notebooks of ideas, 95% of which will never get used. 
But at least but it's, it's all there just in case. Yeah. There's about like six scripts that are like, these are my babies that have to get made. And now I'm like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> but there'll always be like one that I'm always like clutching on to. And be it, like, like what are what the scripts that you're working on there for films for short films or for, for a bunch of stuff. So I do have a short film script that I'd love to make one time that I'd talked to Jill about starring in. Um, but then also I have, yeah, like I've got a couple feature scripts as well and yeah, one or two play scripts that haven't been made yet. For example, the head tutor at the National Film and Television School for screenwriting, he was telling us he had been commissioned to write about 20 scripts over his 20 screenplays or TV pilots over his career, uh-huh. and only two of them got made. Yeah. At least he got paid for them. <clears throat> but he got paid for them, yeah. And sometimes he got paid just for a treatment, um, which is like, you know, like a colorful outline. And sometimes he got paid for, yeah, writing, you know, the first draft, sometimes for like, you know, several drafts, etc. Yeah. I was going to ask you, um, uh, I went to a writer's meeting a couple months ago now. Mm-hmm and was telling them about a screenplay that I had written and they said that I had written it backwards because mm-hmm. yeah the thing that I wanted to do is write a, a micro budget thing that I could shoot on an iPhone if I had to okay. so I made everything within my world that I would you know it'd be like at my house it'd be at parks yeah so I could like gorilla it and not have to pay anything basically yeah and they're like oh you you wrote that backwards when wow. you're yeah because I was thinking about my locations before I was thinking about the story and stuff like that I guess so I mean it helped I mean like it's the thing is it's tough because like especially if you're starting out I mean like that's what like made like why things like paranormal activity or um, I mean a lot of low budget horror but yeah. like why paranormal activity and uh, what's it called the Blair Witch Project why those got made is because like you could just, like, they just needed, like, their own, like, camcorder, and then, you know, like, paranormal activity, a house, and in the case of Blair Witch Projects, oh, like, those woods that woods, we live yeah. nearby, and then, you know, we'll put so some stones in a circle. they took stuff. what they had, and, like, and they made it into the story. Yeah, I and mean, sometimes, also, those restrictions can, you know, actually, I think, really, like, push you to be creative. I've yeah. written a horror script that I'm hoping to get made next year, uh, maybe even direct myself, that would be found footage, and about 80-90% of it takes place in an apartment complex, Yeah. and trying to use that, like, sort of claustrophobia, and only having two actors to try and, like, use it to its advantage. So you had that idea that it was going to take place in this confined space, you were only going to have a couple actors in it, and then you built the story around that, right? Yeah, I mean, part of it I was thinking, for example, uh, a friend of mine who is a producer and specifically produces low-budget horror films and his company is this company black Fawn films they have this special deal where they got this deal with breakthrough entertainment to make eight one hundred thousand dollar budget uh films over the course of two years and oh, so cool. it was basically like it meant they'd be like producing like crazy and working hard and making like super low budget films and so then he said like oh they're looking for ideas to pitch to them and so this was one of the many ideas of that are basically like trapped in a room type horror films yep. that can be done like you know on really low budget where you still pay people basically everyone gets paid a minimum wage but like <clears throat> enough that like all crew and actors and stuff like that get paid and also yeah so that though it's easy and manageable to film so that you know you don't have like car chases and like big explosions and stuff like that 
Um, I don't know. I think that's kind of like, uh, that's kind of shitty to say you wrote it backwards. I mean, as long as if the story works and if it, um, uh, yeah, if it works out, like, I'm guessing these weren't like super pro people, not to say that I'm amazing, but like to say like these weren't super pro people who were telling you that because I think other professionals would say like, you know, it's understandable to have that like, you know, micro budget on the down, like, you know, sort of idea. Um, there's a really, a really great example of this is this British movie called Weekend, which is this like, uh, gay romance that happens over the course of a weekend, like two guys hook up and then they end up sort of hanging out together for the weekend before one of them has to go off to the States. And that film was done for like 80 or 90,000 pounds. Um, there's nothing really fancy on it. You can see like it's low quality. It's like the lowest quality of like an HD camera. But they still do like you know whatever cinematic thing they can. Yeah. And actually, like there's really it's like really funny. It's really heartwarming. It was just a really great story, uh, within the constrictions that they uh, got, and they just sort of did it really guerrilla style, and it was a huge success in England. Um. So I wouldn't worry about yeah. Cool. Uh, don't listen to those people. <laughs> well, it's not like the best stories out there are the ones that get all the money you know what i mean like uh, yeah i, I wonder sure. if that was maybe the, the difference in approach like maybe these guys are just writing stuff to get picked up by a studio or something but i wanted to do something that was like if i have to yeah. if i have to do this myself then i'll be able to do it for so. sure i mean i think like i mean there's this one of those things where like it's there are like many roads lead to rome and all those ways to skin a cat and all that um those crazy romans yeah those Wait. crazy Walking to Rome. Yeah, walking to Rome, skinning cats on their way to Rome. Uh, And yeah, they... So, like, I know some people who, you know, were like, whatever, I didn't need film school. And some people who, you know... Needed film school. Needed film school. (laughs) I think think film school was super helpful. Yeah, film school was super helpful for me. But you don't need that. And I know some people who then, instead, like, when I was at film school, they just... They didn't go to film school, but they worked on a lot of film school projects... And then that's how they made their connections and got their experience. Uh, so different ways uh, to work it out. Um, <clears throat> and also different career. Like, so I know some people who they like, first thing they they want to get an agent right away. Yeah. Um, and I actually, so that's something actually writers, I tried. Writers, writers yeah, yeah, writers who like, they as soon as they got out of film school or as soon as they started writing, but they wanted to get an agent. What were they taking to the agent? Like, do they have specs on hand? Or yeah. Okay, so they, they try and write like, you know, the best spec. Well, that must have um, been, was that part of your actual education, writing a Yeah, spec? so writing a spec script. Uh, so we had to write at least one feature by the end of our school year okay. and one TV pilot episode. Um, oh, that's, that's pretty good. Like um, an original pilot? An original pilot, what yeah. What did you spec? Oh, no, so like there was, I guess by spec I meant though like an original. Okay. Uh, an so original. I didn't spec anything. I didn't oh, okay. spec anything else. I've thought of doing it, but then... Our teachers said it would be better to have original content. And actually, a lot of agents... A lot of people that say that now. A lot of agents had said that as well. I mean, like, sometimes, you know, they can look for, like, oh, can you write well for this show? But I think uh, when I've I've talked to a few writers, for example, who work on Orphan Black, and I know this one guy who got to write an episode for season three, and he was saying that what he did is he wrote a spec for his own original sci-fi TV show, got a job as like a script coordinator, um, which is basically the guy who takes all the notes and like, you know, make sure that like all the plot twists, like, you know, don't overlap or in a bad way and stuff oh, like that. Okay, cool. While the writers are, you know, like, spitballing. Spit, like spit, spitballing and like, you know, developing the story and stuff. 
Um, and uh, yeah, so he, you know, worked hard on the first two seasons, and like you know, they liked his uh, pilot. So eventually, when season three came, and there was a turnover of writers, because some were leaving, then they brought him up, and they said, "Hey, now it's time you get to write for, you to write, for you to write an episode." Oh, that's um, a big day. And it was cool because I got to meet him right before season three started. Um, now it's all Hollywood. No, no, no. He was just very. He was actually very friendly and very excited and like happy to like you know give any advice he had. Is it Orphan, <laughs> Orphan Black shot here? Isn't it? Yeah, it's shot in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's like a co-pro with. It's a co-pro with, with BBC America right. oh, and cool. I think a bit yeah so like sort of an American UK Canadian co-production. Right. It was one of those cases where, like, because of all the like like uh, what do you call it? like special effects they have. In order to like you know get enough funding to do it exactly the way they wanted to, they needed to do a co-production with the U.S. Okay. Um, to get like other outside funding, otherwise like yeah, because I mean the film industry doesn't have that yeah capacity <laughs> for we're, sure. We're pretty good for our special effects though, I think. Right? Well, for doing, Smaller. but like that's usually though then like it'll be but like sort of money coming in from Hollywood to fund ah, special effects. Right. So like or like from other like so like. Guillermo del Toro pouring money into Toronto to make like Pacific Rim and The Strain and all this other here? stuff. I had no idea yeah, that. Pacific Rim one and two uh, and there was a Strain. Pacific Rim two. It's coming out. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but it's uh, yeah. So that's I I guess gonna be filmed here. I don't think they've started yet. But huh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like a lot of stuff. And actually, I know like Hannibal also in Canada yeah, and stuff nice. like that. Yeah. They just that. They did just cancel that, unfortunately. Yeah, low ratings. Really? Yeah, there I think so. Many so. People such big fans of that show. Yeah, but it depends because sometimes they'll be. Watch it more. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah. sometimes they'll be like, oh, like big fans who then like stream Just it. Stop. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, but also like sometimes it'll be big fans amongst your friends. Like I thought, exactly. Yeah. I thought like so many people were watching Louie, and then I found out that that actually has low ratings, and that's, that like I could see that. Yeah. was it like on and off like. This is all your friends are comics. Yeah, so like if all your friends are like comedians and impro- improvisers and stuff like that, then yeah, they'll be watching Louie. Yeah, it'll be skewed a bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so I think we were talking about uh, yeah writing other scripts. So like getting agents. So I then tried a couple of times like to get agents. I met with some agents in the UK uh, who showed interest, but were like you know a bit hesitant. How are you getting all the UK stuff? Do you that was through film school. So they actually okay. what was really great with film school is they then. Uh, and one of the things why I applied to that specific film school is in the last few months, they would, we went around like meeting agents, meeting producers and stuff like that. So yeah, we had like, it was cool. Like we had meetings at BBC and they, uh, how big was the program? I mean, it was pretty big in that, like we had, like they would tout how like, uh, David Yates, for example, who directed the last four Harry Potter movies, he was a graduate of the school for directing and stuff and how like. Like, we'd have, like, a lot of big-timey people who would come in to do guest lectures and stuff like that. Um, but, like, I mean, it was only, like, eight to ten people per class. Nice. Um, so it was nice and uh, intimate. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, so, like, they but like they would also really train me. Even though I didn't get, you know, an agent out of it, they really trained me so that when you'd go into a meeting with someone, you know, like, so when we went to BBC, they said, you better know your favorite BBC TV shows. And this was, like, BBC drama. Um, and make sure you know your like your right the writers who wrote your favorite episodes. Hmm. So like no like you know if you like that season three episode four of Doctor Who, make sure you know who wrote that episode. Yeah, Stephen Moffat. There you go. Is no, it his <laughs> Well, that's a pretty good guess. Season three, yeah. 
<clears throat> um, and so on. And so like I then like then I'd go to the school library, take out like Wallander and Luther and every other like BBC drama I could get my hands on, yeah. watch a few episodes. So then when I came back to Canada and one of my tutors had some connections here and because he'd worked on a co-pro and then he uh, and so he introduced me to someone who then introduced me to a producer I really like uh, who then so when I went to meet her I'd already seen a couple of her films and then I watched like I went on iTunes downloaded like three or four legally so I paid for yeah. like five bucks Karma. Um, <laughs> yeah so I uh, watched which I then wrote off um, for well, taxes, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so then, yeah, watched so like three or four other of her like uh, films, watched some of her TV show that she, uh, she had co-produced, and then um, yeah, like made sure that. So then when I went into and even like looked her up on the internet to see like everything from like you know what she'd studied in university and like you know what like different like conferences she'd attended and stuff. So you stalked her. Yeah, but like you kind of are like if encouraged you encourage to, yeah. to do that because then people will be impressed. Be like, oh, like because turns out like she had studied social anthropology, so we were able oh, to connect yeah, on that cool, yeah. and be like, hey. Uh, that was we had a producer, or I guess well, he was. Uh, I don't know what his role was. I should know what his role was because this is the whole point. I guess he was in charge of the comedy network at one point. Came to uh, Humber to the comedy program, and his advice was just know everything about everything. You, if you want to get into this and you bump into somebody, you better know who they are and what they've done. Yeah. So it's just sort of... I think that's kind of like what, like... Because Quentin Tarantino, apparently, like, he just worked in a video store. He didn't go to film school. But then he just, like, Studied researched the, sh like, shit out of everything. He wrote, like... Yeah, he um, watched, like, every single movie ever. And <laughs> then... Really yeah. 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 So he'd watch like five movies a day or something, um, and then also like would go to. So when he was doing, when he was like making Reservoir Dogs during pre-production, he was going to like taking like like crash courses on the weekend, going to film workshops, studying everything he could do, and really just trying to absorb all he could about how to make films, who you know like who to talk to about making films and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so that he would be ready. Um, <clears throat> and so that, and then like, yeah, he was able to make, you know, like really good movies. Uh, so when you're not at your day job, yeah, you're, is that what you're doing? I'm, researching? Research. Re I'm writing, I do some research, I do emailing. So like, there'll be like producers who like every month or two, I'll be like, Hey, how, like, how's it going? This is what I've been doing on. And like, if I can remember, you know, like, Oh, like, how's your baby or like whatever, um, I know it sounds maybe manipulative or whatever, but it's yeah. just to show that like, you know, I remember something specific about them and it like helps, you know, like keep them, keep them in touch. And like, so sometimes like there'll be producers who, yeah, like, you know, I should be like, just, so you know, I'm still working on this script. Oh, here's another, you know, outline for a project I wrote. Let me know what you think, uh, that kind of thing. And a lot of it is like, we pa like, oh, that's great. We pass. That's great. We pass. Right. Um, and so on. But then, like, you know, it keeps things up, and then, you know, people, like, you'll always be on people's radars. Um, right. Just on the off yeah. chance of what you have at that moment is what they're kind of looking for, and then... That's yeah, kind of flex, right? <clears throat> for sure. Um, and so this one producer who I, like, researched really closely in stock, um, <laughs> I, yeah, she had, yeah, like, then, like, after, like, you know, like, keeping in touch with her, I had sent her a second script of mine, which she said, like, oh, it's really great writing, 
Uh, not quite into it for these reasons. Um, but yeah, they keep sending us stuff. And you know what? We haven't met in a while, so come into the office sometime next week. Um, and so that was really cool. And then, you know, when I told her, uh, for example, I'm planning a trip to Los Angeles. To, I've never been to do the whole, like, go down to L.A. and like, meetings, yeah. try to find meetings with people and so on. And so she was giving me advice on that. Um, and now, and now, like, I'm fi- trying to look for every any person who I can meet up with in, like, L.A., like, Facebook contacts, email contacts, Twitter contacts, people, like, who have retweeted things that I've done or, like, who I've retweeted, like, all kinds of stuff, just trying to, like, make sure I see if anyone who I can, like, you know, like, talk to or whatever. So you're not afraid that one of these Twitter people might murder you? Um... Well, like it hadn't even crossed my mind. Where did that come from? Damn. I'm just thinking. <laughs> as a as a woman, yeah. my thing is like, oh, I I don't think I could just like. For me, I think it would be like go to New York and contact everybody on my you know Twitter that have retweeted a joke I've written or something. Oh like yeah, yeah, you'd you know be right? murdered for sure. If that yeah. was the case. No, but if it's somebody who says on Twitter that they're a producer, or they're a stand-up comic yeah. or whatever, and if I wanted to get a set on their show or something, you know, I would feel kind of weird about being like, yeah. hey, I'm a girl from Canada. Can yeah. I, I don't know. That's just I'm just saying it's ballsy, you know. For sure. Well, oh, are, you, are you cold contacting these people, or have you been introduced to them? These are people where, like, I've been introduced in yeah. some way. Either, yeah. You know, they've like a lot of them would be people who like I've shown them my, uh, you know, short film or whatever, and then they like retweeted it or something. Okay. So not just necessarily someone You're who... You're not just, like, random. It's not just someone who liked that, like, joke I made about Coldplay on Twitter at one that point. That was a good joke. Thanks. Like, hi, like hashtag hot player. Um, <laughs> like oh, um, why are we laughing at that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so it would be people, though, who I would have... Did that sound like your nightmare? Well, you know, I'm kind of getting turned around on the subject from that first in Canada thing I went to. Okay. Where, like, networking is the devil's tool to, like, oh, networking means getting to meet cool people and having fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd say something so, like, Nick just mentioning Inc. Canada is actually, I think, a really good tool. Like, because to, actually, I now I'm co writing a script with someone who I met tangentially through Inc. Canada, where we had both, both posted that, like, some. This one uh, woman had said she wanted to start a writers group. A bunch of like, mm. a bunch of us all said like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then only three of us showed up, which is um, perfect because they're the people that really want to do it. For sure. And then eventually, um, the third person uh, like ended up, you know, getting busy with some something oh, else. Okay, sure. But then me and this other guy, we now yeah, like we really clicked and we kept you know like in touch. And then. You know, like, we spent a day where we were, like, yeah, really pitching ideas back and forth to each other, and he had something... Like, in person? In person, yeah, where we just, like, sort of, like, yeah, I just sort of, like, spitballed and brainstormed, and then also he gave me an idea, like, he had an idea that he was developing, and I said, actually, to be honest, I think that's the best, if you don't mind co-writing that, and he, uh, he really liked it, I really liked it, and so we, now we're developing that, and that's something that we're going to right and then in january there's like a lot of these different like big screenplay competitions screenplay competitions i think are things to be cautious about yeah but there are a few that are really big like um it's like austin film festival has a big screenplay competition where and like austin's actually like a really good 
city for networking. Perfect for like all art stuff. For sure, and, like, yeah. There's a bunch of good music in yeah, it. Yeah, like South by Southwest yeah. Festival yeah. and stuff. And actually, they're um, the that film house, the Draft House, right? Draft yeah. House. Uh, Richard Linklater's like sort of like his HQ is around there. Um, and Austin's uh, their motto is "Keep Austin Weird." Yes. So they're all about like the artsy stuff. Um, but uh, <clears throat> but yeah, so they so like Austin Film Festival. There's another one that I think is I think it's Blue Cat Screenplay might be the other one, and then the really big one is the Nichols Fellowship, which is hard to get, but if you can get it, then it's really great, because that's the one that's done through the Academy, like, the oh, Oscar Academy, great. and, like, they'll fly you out to L.A., and, like, you'll get to meet a lot of people, and there'll be, like, a reading of a section of your script and stuff like that, so... And actually, one of my classmates, her grad screenplay that she wrote, which was this, like, really, like, high, highly imaginative, like, super high-concept, high-budget um, sci-fi script got made it to the final five of wow. that Nicholas Fellowship. So she did get flown out to LA, oh, got to meet with lots of people. She got an agent and stuff like that. So Does she live in there now? No, she's still living in the UK, but okay. now she has like tons of like contacts there. So her agent, who's also in the UK, can then like, if anytime like someone's, you know, like asking her, like asking them about like, oh, well, what is this person done? It's like, well, they won the Nicholas Fellowship. Right. You know? They were, you know, like one of the five winners for that, so. Pretty um, prestigious. Yeah. Prestigious. Yeah, like you know, anything that you can get to like help perk people's ears up. Right. To to make you sound like more than just a, a loser. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. Some some dude. I some like dude, that, right? like yeah, some like, like I got a podcast. <laughs> some waiter who's trying to like shove his screenplay yeah, exactly. underneath the bill to your, at the restaurant kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Does that happen here? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's always, like, the stereotype. My dad always tells me at the hotel, he's like, oh, when the, like, big-time <laughs> producers, like, show up, make sure that you, like, you know, put your screenplay in the drawer next to the Bible or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> producers love reading the Bible. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> the first place they go. Oh, that's probably where they hide their cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Um, Yeah. Question. I could go down the list. I was like, where did we meet, Dan? Uh, I guess honestly, we, I can't remember. <laughs> no, yeah, it was, it was actually it was through Breeze. It was things, Breeze right? first. Guess who's coming to improv? Was it the first one? I believe it was Possibly. the first one. Yeah, Ooh. maybe the second one. My mom moved at my anniversary. Ooh, it's gonna be in October. Romantic. <laughs> Me and guess who's coming to improv? Yeah, um, steadily still going on. <laughs> yeah, all these. This month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all these days yeah. here. All this month. <laughs> all, yeah. yeah, all this month. Yeah. Okay, so you got that's where you guys met. Yeah. Because you were already Jill's roommate at that point. That's right. Yep. I um, remember that. I was, not Nick. Nick's yeah. No, I was no. Na- Nick's roommate is his wife. Yay. And his she two lives kids. in the room with me. Oh yeah, his I two guess kids. Those are They're two in different rooms. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're just housemates. <laughs> <laughs> well in that sense Jill isn't your roommate either. That's true, she's my housemate. Right. So she's not in the room with you, then? No. All right. That would be weird. She just stands there? Yeah. Stare. Are you sleeping, Dan? Evanescent. That was a callback. <laughs> last night? Yeah. Dumpster yeah. fire. Oh, God. <laughs> um, when did you start all your uh, creative endeavors, Dan? Wow. Uh, well, I mean, like, Is that, I was like, grade one is, like, 
This class is yeah. good, but uh, <laughs> I, I think what we need yeah. is more tension in the third act and yeah. which I mean before recess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, probably like it would have been like elementary school because I remember I was really good at math because when I was like six or seven because I would follow baseball statistics. Oh, all right. Um, so like the Blue Jays making it to the World Series really got me into math. Uh, that would um, warp a kid's imagination. Yeah. yeah. I could see that. <laughs> well, but, and then my dad said like, oh, you know, like math is good and it's good that you're into science and stuff, but just for like hobbies and you know, to like help stimulate your mind, it's good to have a bit of like arts as well. So I was doing piano lessons and then I got signed up to do the drama club. And the teacher in the drama club. Oh, this is high school or this is like grade two. And so Mrs. Pingelli, who oh. is the drama class teacher, said, In class you have to be quiet, but on the stage you can be loud. And, and I got sold. And I was sold and then like the loud voice just transcended the rest of my life. Uh, and like I went to a business and tech high school program, but took every arts course I could find and the bare minimum This of, was in Mississauga. This was in Mississauga. Yeah. And like the bare minimum of business and tech courses. <laughs> but it's great because now all those, all my classmates from there are now doing really well financially in business and tech. And so then when I needed to do an Indiegogo campaign for my uh, short film, I was able to like, hey guys, got any of your like finance and like engineering <laughs> money? And yeah, they were able to like help me finance my film. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so, so then you graduated high school and you're like, this is what, I don't know why we're, we keep going back to like the yeah. school thing. So like, I guess so, yeah. Was, well, it, was it easy for you to transition from being a student of film to being like a, you know, a, 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 a maker and a, a film, a doer, um, a doer of film? Well, I think it's like in film school, I worked on every single project, like any project I could and like overextended myself as much as possible. So I did like editing, I got really into and I really liked that. Um, with I did, Avid? Like, with Avid actually, and I was <laughs> trained on Avid. And then I learned I learned Final Cut as well, but Avid I think is better, even if it can be oh, like- Oh, watch out you Final Cut bad, Final, yeah. Final Cut, cut bastards. <laughs> well then, then Final Cut X came out and anyone who's an editor will know that Final Cut X sucks and just kind of like a <laughs> fuck you to anyone who, or a screw you, sorry, I don't know oh, how. We can say Okay, yeah, it was definitely a fuck you to anyone who <laughs> wanted to, yeah, like, who, like, wanted to use Final Cut professionally, because it was, like, like, I don't know, like, it would change, it was basically more for making, like, wedding videos and, like, home uh, videos, the like, latest Final Cut one. I don't um, use yeah. Final Cut, I use Apple's editing software. Like, iMovie. I'm, I'm yeah. yeah, well, then some people do. I always want to so see, simple. like, I want to see, like, just, like, for fun, like, for kicks, like, someone to do, like, Michael Bay, just to, like, Edit like you know same level of production value, but just, but just to edit it on iMovie and then you know do all the like digital effects and stuff <laughs> afterwards and stuff. I just think it would be, uh, I think it would be a baller move by Michael Bay. I'd like to see him try it. Um, I did my stuff on a VHS machine. Oh man, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I had actually I had a course in high school, ComTech Communications Technology, where we had to. Yeah, like one where you put the VHS cassette yep. into the camera. Yeah. Oh, no, well, there's like a double tape thingy. Okay, so yeah. Like you yeah, had yeah. the stuff you shot with. Yeah, that's right. And then right. you would like put it down onto the master and then, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. I can't believe, I still can't believe they taught that at Con. Uh, I didn't, yeah, they did do that at Con. I don't know if it was part of the AV club or if there was. There was like a. At some, Con. some of the guys, oh, our, our school. high school. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Confederation. Yeah. Um, so not like Khan as in in France. 
No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, there was You understand part- how you might be confused. <laughs> multiple trips to con, yeah. <laughs> or like Comic Con, which yeah, usually exactly. happened. No, yeah, just our high school. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And then again, like when I took sociology in university, again, I was doing like all the like. I was doing lots of theater and stuff. Well, yeah, okay, so you hadn't made the decision yet when you went to university yeah. that, well, like, I'm going to be a filmmaker. And actually, after, I think there I wanted to be more an actor. But it was always, yeah. like, I wanted, but, and also a writer. I just wanted to, like, write shit. Um, <laughs> like, to make up stuff, make up stories. Yeah. And then, um... But even I, when you were studying sociology. Well, yeah, and actually, at the end of first year, I applied to York University's screenwriting and filmmaking program and didn't even make it past the first round. What? Why not? Uh, well, I, that's a good question. Well, they probably would have gone on strike and your education would have started. <laughs> yeah, so, so maybe, maybe it's... For it's the bad. Maybe it is. Um, and it's funny because I ended up acting in a play in university with the son of one of the guys who ran that program. Huh. What? Small world. Um, yeah, but it was a good, um, yeah, so like, but then like I ended up, yeah, so I was discouraged for a bit, but then when I graduated, I still wanted to get into film. Yeah. And yeah, and so then. So you did the four years of the sociology program. Yeah. And then went to. And then like I took a year off. Okay. So I did like, you know, like a couple years travel, a couple months traveling. Nice. Uh, and that, you know, that whole like travel around somewhere and find yourself. Did you find yourself? Uh, Where no. were you? I went to Argentina to study Ooh, Spanish oh, and wow. volunteer. So are you? Cause, uh, are you fluent in Spanish? Uh no, yo hablo solo en poquito. De de español. español. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me amo Dan. Um, yeah, that was fine. And that was also partly be like, well, everyone goes to Europe, so I'm going to go to Argentina. <laughs> and then afterwards, I ended up going to Europe and backpacking through Europe as well. So, you got to. If you yeah. Guess. It's like the Canadian or Australian thing to do. Yep. I think the Australian thing is more work at the bar across Europe. I think yeah. the Australian thing to do is to plow every woman you can. Regardless your of your own gender <laughs> yeah, exactly, and orientation. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, a very Australian thing to do is you go and you meet especially for Australian men, is to meet, in, they travel to Europe, then you go your separate ways for a couple of months, and then you meet up in Pamplona at the beginning of June and do the running of the bulls sure. together. Mm. That apparently is a very specific Argentine, or um, Australian tradition. Huh. Yeah. For, None of us are Australians. No, so I, no. Did, I didn't go the Hemingway route on that one. No. No. The Heming route. Yeah. I did fight in the Spanish Civil War once. Oh, oh nice. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, you two have nothing in common. No, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then you went to have... So, so you found yourself and you were like, yes, I'm going to be a, a filmmaker. I'm going to film school in England. Well, Denmark first. Oh, Denmark, that's right. Yeah. Because Denmark. there was a so, guy... Denmark, Denmark. So uh, was all the... Uh, oh, shoot. What was that film school that was going on? That school of film, rather. Uh, wicked, simple stories done on digital camera. Uh, dogma film. Oh, Dogma film. Yeah. yeah, so that's Danish, yeah. Was that going on? Is, is that what drew you? Because that would have been around that time, right? Uh, I think it might, that might have started a bit before, but okay. like it was still... Um, what drew me to Denmark actually was, when I was graduating from sociology, they had just started up this program where they were getting graduates in touch with uh, former graduates from the school, like, who were, like, you know, actual wor- actually working in the profession you wanted. And so I right. said film, and they found a documentary filmmaker, Eric Bidnarski, 
who actually had done um, pretty well, uh, like, you know, and actually when I met him, he just finished this uh, feature documentary that got nominated, that eventually got nominated for a Writers Guild of Canada Award for Best Documentary Writing. Nice. Cool. Um, but yeah, and so then he met with me and he, you know, told me like, hey, if you want to get into film, I recommend you check out uh, this, you know, small European film college. So it's like, you know, random. So it wasn't a place that had like huge connections or whatever. And I'd never been to Denmark. I'd only seen maybe a couple of Danish films, one of them being a dogma film. Yep. You read Hamlet. I'd read Hamlet. Um, <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. Like, something's rotten in the state of Denmark, but I'll go anyway. Um, because no I want to know. <laughs> because I want to figure out to be or not to be. No, let's stop with the Hamlet. Yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> I met a chick. She was great. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but then it would have been my own fault if yeah, it was Hamlet. Yeah. What is this? What are you working on now? There you go. Cool. So. Um, what, yeah. What are the six to twelve things that are currently on your in plate. your fire poking? Spot? Yeah. So uh, one fire that I'm now like not poking as much because I'm waiting to hear back. All right, the metaphor is not working. You can but yeah. Be blowing on it. Yeah, I guess I'm blowing on it to keep the embers alive. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> metaphors. Metaphor. Um, <laughs> finger on the throat thing means metaphor. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Or no, me- yeah, anyhow. Botched <laughs> um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy reference. All right, uh, yeah, so Joe and Mary's Kid, the feature. Um, right. So that, you know, we I wrote three drafts of that uh, with the producer from uh, London. And actually, what was really cool with that is I, you know, I wasn't sure how, like, you know, to see, like, how much of a chance we had funding, because it's kind of an odd story, and I didn't know if, like, that, like, England was looking for that kind of uh, script, like, the England funding system that we had applied for, but then... Oh, so you're applying for stuff not only in Canada in terms of funding? No, well, for Joe and Mary's Kid, because the original was made in England, and the producer is based in England. Oh, okay. But... There, the um, the producer then showed it to her boss at this company called Finite Films, and her boss liked it and showed it to someone else they were working with, and they said, yeah, like, you know, we had a couple other scripts we were considering developing, but this one we find is better, and so we're going to, you know, put our, we'd like to put our name on the application to help sort of give it more clout, and then we can, and then, you know, they can use their connections and try and, you know, like, talk to, uh, talk to companies, yeah, like, talk to sort of these funding application places about it. So I'm waiting to hear back, we're waiting to hear back. It might be another month or two before we oh, find cool. out. But that would be great, so, so you're waiting to hear back if it gets funded. If it gets funded. If and it gets funded, that would be good. Would it be like the whole project would get funded? or the Yeah, the whole project. It would be 110,000 nice. pounds. Okay. So, um, which is actually very cheap for a film. I know right. that's like... I know, I know, yeah. Uh, especially because, you know, we'd have to build and maintain... A robot costume throughout the entire thing. I mean, you could always, like, R2-D2 that, or C-3PO. Well, I mean, it's meant to be, like, a small boy. Because that's what we did for, it was a 10-year-old boy inside a robot for the original short, so we'd do the same thing. Right. Um, But, yeah, and so then... And then if you're filming that in the UK, don't they have crazy child labor laws over there? Yeah, so you'd have to be, like, well, there's, like, child actor laws and stuff like that, yeah. Or, like, you can get a little person as well. Right. Like, you know, Warwick, and actually Warwick Davis has a... You're in talks with Warwick Davis right now. I wish. But he has, <laughs> but he ha- he has like, an agency that's for specifically for little people oh, and giants. 
yeah. Oh, wow. So, like, anyone who's, like, less than five feet tall and, like, more than seven feet tall. So, him and Peter Mayhew just crushing it. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Peter Mayhew. Oh, my God. Go home. Oh, I am home. All right. That was fast. Chewbacca. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, then they, yeah. So, uh, waiting on that. Um, so if that gets funded, that would be great. And then... Would you, have to move, or would you film it here or would you go back to England? You would have to I, I would, and I actually wouldn't direct it. We've got another director on board for oh, that. Oh, okay. So you just write the script? I wrote the script and I get paid for the script and there'd be a director who'd get on board and he'd get paid for the directing. But would you... That's so what, what I want to do. What would your involvement be at that point? Uh, like, you know, I developed the script with the director throughout and there might even be where, like, you know, if they want to do rewrites in the middle of shooting, they talk to me. Would you do it me. from here or would you have to go to the UK? Uh, maybe I could visit the UK. We'll see. It depends on if it's in the budget, the budget for me yeah. to, like, right. fly over. Um, or Skype it. Like, or, but yeah, yeah Skype it. We've not? done plenty of Skype meetings so far throughout the project. So, um, there'd be that. And so while I'm waiting for that to happen, then I've got my low-budget horror script. Right. Um, that I've been working on and just finishing the second draft of that. And How then long I've, is that? Uh, it'll be like 90 it's about 90 pages 88 okay. pages I think so a page a minute so yeah, it'd be about like a 90 page film a 90 minute feature film length, yeah. feature length um, and then I've also got um, yeah and then also this other film that I'm working with a friend that we're going to start co-writing soon and that would be where we do like you know one person Jeez, writes I can't believe you have time to do all of this if you're only working on it two or three hours a day I don't know it just Oh, uh, it depends. Like, that's the thing. Sometimes it goes slowly, but, like, one thing then goes on hold for a few weeks, right, yeah. right, and then right. I do something in the middle of time, then that thing goes on hold. So, like, while people are giving me notes, like, reading something of mine and giving me notes on that, I on work on something that. else. Yes. That's really interesting, because one of the writing course books that I saw, um, maybe about four or five years ago, like, I picked up, like, yeah. a getting started how to write kind of thing. I was like, always make sure that you do one project at a time and oh, get it to yeah. its end. That sounds silly. I will, I, I will, I will say a disclaimer, I don't know if I'm doing it the right way. But no, hey. but I mean, like, it seems to me, like, uh, you know, what if, what if you get writer's block, you know? And then you, you just move on to the next thing? Exactly, or you send yeah. some emails? Appar or, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. apparently the Cohen brothers, word has it, their method is they start writing something Halfway through, they get stuck, and then they write something else. Yeah, they, they have each other. other the one. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's. A, I guess that makes I don't a know, yeah. Go yeah. With but again, yeah, it goes back to the like you know five hundred and seven ways to skin a cat thing. In Rome. In Rome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a Roman cat in Rome. Yes. They had they had a lot of skin. Yeah. So. Extra, they have more skin to deal with the. Yeah. 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 Like those and ugly skin cats. Oh, skin cats. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah, and then also there's a play that I want to write that I've kind of been like slowly, slowly doing because I fell in love with Fringe Festival this year. Oh, cool. Fringe, yeah. So you want to write a Fringe? So that would be cool because like, you could actually see your stuff go. That's right. Like, yeah. Like, oh, good. Something I wrote is being done. Yeah, and so that's why sometimes it's not. And like a lot of my play ideas and even a lot of my script ideas are fairly low budget because I was used to. You know, writing stuff for like my our theater program at high school had barely any money because all the money went into like the like tech stuff and the business stuff. Right. Um, our school didn't have money because yeah. it didn't have money. It had nothing to do with tech or business. I see. Wait, what? High school? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, for no money for anything, not just even yeah. No, they, they focused on reading and math. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. I didn't do very well in math, so. <laughs> <laughs> my reading skills. You read the hell out of it. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and so like it was one of those. Th- it was actually a kind of like a funny reverse school where, like, the business and tech guys were the like really popular ones, right. and then the people were like, "Whatever, I'm gonna ditch school and play sports." <laughs> like, weren't as popular. <laughs> but then you'd also get people would be like, you know, like, ta- like you know, future engineers who are also like captain of the volleyball team or whatever. Uh, the probability of they, they mapped <laughs> <laughs> the hell out of the sport. Yeah. Um, right. So let's let's get into the struggles. Are we good for time, Brie? Yeah. Why, yeah. All right. So, uh, Dan, what's your biggest obstacle right now? Um, not what's... being famous. Uh, <laughs> um, sometimes it can be. Well, I don't know. I guess it changes because sometimes it can be my own like laziness and just being like, oh, like. More like my own, like, easily distractedness. All right. I think sometimes where I'm like, oh, like, I just need to check Facebook one more time. Or, like, oh, yeah. I'm going to watch this TV show for research. <laughs> uh, you know? That's why, yeah, that's why I'm marathoning BoJack Horseman. You know, kind of thing. Um, uh, but, yeah, so it's mostly... Um, so I guess, like, sometimes myself. And sometimes just, like, one, for example, like, agents... Um, so someone told me this, and I might be misquoting the stats, but apparently Meridian <coughs> Meridian artists who are like the big literary agency in Canada. Um, Write that down. Uh, it's on the podcast. Though, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Meridian, I look like I'm remembering. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Meridian artists are um, <coughs> they? Yeah. So they're one of the big ones, and apparently they got seven hundred. Uh, script submissions, oh. sample submissions last year. Yeah. Cool. They met with 40 people of those yeah. and took on one new writer. Good God, can you imagine the job of the person that has to read all the shitty scripts? I don't yeah. want that job. You want the shitty script reader job? Yeah, at least they get paid. Well, but some, but a lot good. of them don't. A lot, oh. a lot of the times they get... So they'll get like people who are like, oh, like I want to get in the film industry. Can I intern for a month? Sure, read these ten and, scripts. Yeah, like a day, or I don't know, like something like that. And then like you'll read because I also did, um, I did script reading for the Canadian Film Festival's uh, screenplay con- contest in March. Yeah. Uh, it's during the festival, and so there, like they would say, like after like twenty five pages. Uh, if it do, if you don't love it, then just like you know, sure, okay, put, like just put a big pass on it, uh, um, and then when we oh thank you, um, and then when we start to really get same. Um, by the way, the thank you was because Bree brought me juice, um, and then when we like really got down to the wire trying to like nail down the last like you know ten finalists, yeah, it would be like after like ten pages if you if you're not wowed by it, then just you know toss it away. Um, so yeah, wow, so don't write a slow burning movie if you're just trying to get started. Yeah, but it would still yeah. be interesting. Yeah, and that's the yeah, thing because yeah, yeah. even like, if you look like like for example, there will be blood, which I guess is written by the director, but there the first fifteen minutes no one speaks, but and so it's kind of a slow burn, but it's an intriguing slow yeah. burn. Yeah, yeah, um, that movie's great because you're in yeah. a different world, you're old timey, old yeah. derricks and stuff, and you're trying to yeah, oil man. Yeah, <laughs> I want to rewatch that actually. I think oh, I that that film is so. That's my favorite uh, Paul Thomas Anderson film, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, so they yeah, so like I like they would be really like big, and so that's one of the things is I, even just having actually for a lot of script readers, having like the first, like even the first scene, like the first three minutes. 
first three pages, like, if that doesn't really, get on like, board. if you don't get on board with that. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even necessarily, like, because it's not like, oh, if you don't have, like, something that's, like, an explosion yeah, or something yeah, no, that's, no. like, you know, a big no, fight. Gonna, something has to be gripping about but it. It's, yeah, and even just, like, really, like, you know, interesting writing or whatever. Thank you again. I added water to it. Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> Um, How did you know? It's earlier. I heard his order with Dan oh, okay. the other day. Yeah. Um, what was that face? Uh, oh, sorry. I was looking out your window and I could see it was really dark up there. I was right. like, is that crazy cloudage or oh, is no, that an overhang? It is the balcony above us. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's no. the cloud. Um, <laughs> but yeah. That's, that's cool. Did you like doing that? Or, like, um, yeah. Well, I mean, were you I concerned actually... about idea bleed? Like that you'd read something and it'd soak into one of your scripts later down the line? Uh, I don't think so. No, I think, like, I mean, I think my ideas, I'm lucky, I guess, in that my ideas are fairly weird. And one mm. thing I noticed, so, like, I mean, I have, sometimes I have ideas that are very science fiction-y, sometimes I have ideas that are very, like, standard-y. Um, <laughs> and then, but I think I found that the things that I write the best and the things that I'd be interested in focusing in now are stuff that are kind of like a, everyday story like i'm very into richard linklater for example and so like things like boyhood and all those before films and stuff like that i really love um but also i do love science fiction and like michelle gondry stuff and you know like charlie kaufman is my favorite screenwriter oh my god yeah like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and i actually wrote about him for my like master's thesis in film school i gotta get that that's a isn't that the being John Malkovich guy yeah. as well. Yeah, being it's John Malkovich. to me or whatever. Synecdoche, New York. Yeah. Yeah, that one's my least favorite of his. I, but yeah. I, saw, I saw parts of it. I was like, I need to watch this. I think is they're all, what's his name? Ben yeah, Austin it's Hoffman. Hoffman. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like stuff where it's kind of like everyday story and then there's like one little element of science fiction. So like a couple who has trouble with like fertility, um, you know, like uh, the, the man can't get his wife pregnant. Uh, and so on, and so then, instead of, you know, just making it just about that, throwing a robot into the mix. Right. Sure, yeah. So, it really, it's barely a sci-fi film, but it's still got a little element of sci-fi. There's a, yeah, there's there's the little bit of sci-fi to add to yeah, it. Like a little, what like, is, pinch. What, what is typically a realistic situation. Yeah, it's sort of, so I like, I kind of like st- stuff like that. a pinch of robot. Yeah, a pinch of robot. Smidgen of... Infertility. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> and you've got a hit. Yeah. <laughs> a Broadway uh, hit. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that, that, so also, like, trying to focus for now on, like, you know, what kind of thing I like. Um, one thing also is, that I think, is, I mean, not just because producers are starting to wake up to it, but also I find making sure, for example, that there is an interesting diversity of characters. Mm, uh, yeah. So not just making them all be like, you know, white men aged oh, white 18 men. to 49. Yeah. Oh, right, exactly. um, which is something that I actually started doing because... Is your robot a white guy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the main character actually is, uh, for the feature, it definitely, in the short, it was sort of even, when the feature was definitely the uh, girlfriend who then has become the main character, Mary. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely her story... Um, her dealing with the situation and so on. Um, and why not? It's her infertility. No, it's not her infertility. It's oh, his. Damn impi- it! Sorry, it's his <laughs> impotence. Uh, oh. So that was another thing is I wanted to do it instead of being like you know up where oh. like it's sort of like you know in that whole like opening montage where it's like oh the woman can't you know have babies. And it's um, her fault. 
No, I'm making it more <laughs> like what about what about it? like a man who's having trouble being like manly enough, oh. I guess, or whatever. Robocock. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it. That's what this feature is gonna be called. Oh, good. Um, yeah. No. Uh, but also, yeah, in because I remember in university for the theater program, we'd have about at least twice as many girls auditioning as boys for parts oh. for about like half the lead roles. Oh. Uh, of course. Um, and so then when we'd have our fringe festival and like have to like there'd always like I'd always be then writing female leads or like trying yeah. to write like interesting characters because I'd see all my female friends who were trying to you know get, get good parts, parts and yeah. I'd be like oh like so sometimes so I remember writing one uh, like crazy play that I wrote that was nuts, but it had almost all female characters just because I was like, oh, this way, like, I'll Huge have, talent pool. I'll have, yeah, like, I'll have a better talent pool because there'll be more talented women than talented men auditioning. Um, and so then, so, like, it's not something where then now I'll be like, when I write a script, I'll, like, make sure this passes the Bastille test. But, like, I'll be like, like, if, like, when in doubt, oh, does this new, like, character for the, like, one or two scenes need to be a man or a woman? Okay, it can be a woman, why not? Right. Um, and just sort of, yeah, yeah, and just sort of, uh, and enjoying that more. I mean, it's more work, I think, creatively because, like, if I'm writing a male character, I can just go to like my default setting and like be like, oh, he'll be like me. He'll be bald and have glasses and right. like, you know, be a nerd and stuff. But like, oh, I then women could have glasses and be nerds and, and also be bald. Be bald. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But then, like, yeah, I mean, right. I can't make all my female characters like that. <laughs> um, but like, you know, just well, trying to think of you're your main character. My last two screen thingies were strong female leads. Woo! Wait a Great. minute. So you're taking away our ability to write our own story. <laughs> <Right. laughs> we can't win <laughs> with women. Women, oh. Women, am I right, Nick? <laughs> um, but yeah, and so, and like, it was one of those things where, like, yeah, like, I mean, I'd be, yeah, like, I don't know, because I've had, like, arguments with guys who'd be like, well, let the women write the women roles no. and the men write the men roles. No. Yeah, that's Bullshit. Funny. How about we yeah. all just write roles? The other, yeah, the other exactly. Thing is that I'm so bored with dude movies. I'm like, no, I want to see some chicks out there doing awesome stuff. Did you see yeah. Trainwreck? I haven't seen... Oh, no, not yet. I want to. I yeah. will try to go and see it. Yeah. I heard it, and I hear it's great. I heard it's great. Yeah. It's very funny, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, one thing also, for example, I have one script where it's about, like, I have one script about a stoner girl who then looks for, like, her own like spirituality, like find her own like you know thing or whatever. Eat pray toast. And <laughs> pardon? Eat pray toast. No, actually, it's called <laughs> Higher Powers. Oh. Ooh, I wish I'd come up with that title. My friend oh. came up with that title. Higher because of the drugs. Oh. Yeah. It's a pun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that like the reason why I made it a girl is because I was like. There aren't there aren't enough like stoner. You also, wrote a stoner chick in your screenplay. You hate yeah. it, so I was like, all right, fine, I'll have to de-stoner her. And she was just too stoner. Ah, I see. Feel like if you're that much of a stoner, you don't talk that much about being a stoner. Yeah, yeah. I see too. Yeah, it was an early draft. Yeah. yeah. But the but the thing is also, I remember seeing this list of like like female writers and producers saying like what they wanted to see like when they said like you know stronger female characters and it wasn't just like. All of them being Wonder Woman, no. right? And one of the one of the things one uh, producer said is like enough of these like you know putting women on a pedestal where they always have to be you know like the like either like you know that perfect like woman who's tortured by horrible men or whatever, or, oh, but right. more like you know like a how to get away with murder type character. So like a woman who's comp like you know has uh, you know questionable morals right. or like you know or like train wreck like someone who then like you know can be both like 
good and bad to yeah. them. So like they're not just like you know a perfecty person. Yeah. No. Yeah. But also not just you know the damsel in distress. So Lady Han Solo. Yeah. Um, or like for example, um, what do you call it? like Orphan Black is a really great example of how like for example one of the best characters in that show is a suburban housewife um who is awesome and like you know she's really like dumb and bad at something she has a <laughs> drinking problem she uh, is you know part of a group of women who take probably too many prescription drugs and stuff like that but then she also like comes into her own and like does really you know there are things that she does that are really good and like yeah. you know well, it sounds yeah. like more of a balanced character, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, more human, yeah, more exactly. like three-dimensional. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah, you know, because we all have our, like, things that we right. do really badly and things that we do really well, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not like they're like, oh, she's perfect in every way, except, uh-oh, she's a klutz. <laughs> yeah, and then it's, yeah, like, Manic she's Pixie. She's quirky. Like, Manic <laughs> Pixie Dream Girl exactly. characters, yeah. yeah. So trying not to also do that, because I... Hey, Dharma, so. you're standing on the couch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I just can't get over what a free spirit you are. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I feel so bad for Dharma and Greg. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> Did you have another? I got question? one more. So, Sweet. what's your constant struggle? My constant struggle. So, uh, like with, like Bree and I have talked about in the show before, like. Uh, doing the workaday stuff and getting your creativity like what what is oh, that right. like for you yeah because we both have like nine to five jobs yeah. I got the, I've got a family yeah. as well so. for sure yeah and I mean luckily I have no family well <laughs> <laughs> like I have like so I have I mean like I've thankfully I've accounted for each of my sperms <laughs> <laughs> I have parents and a brother um, but like I have like I just have to pay rent and buy my food for myself mm-hmm. um and like maybe occasionally wingman my housemate, but beyond that, like I don't have anything that I need to be accountable. So I don't have, you know, like kids to take care of. I've gone on occasional like okay Cupid dates, but I don't have, you know, a girlfriend or whatever. Who, a ball and chain. I don't have a ball and chain that you know I need to buy like diamond necklaces for, and like you know, so that she'll put out or whatever. <laughs> Uh, Wait, is that how it works? Yeah. <laughs> Just tell them you're, you're researching strong female, female leads. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I figured that, yeah, I figured that pickup line would have worked by now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, so like, because I don't have that, but like, yeah, like with a job also, I don't, my job isn't nine to five, so my job is very sporadic. Yeah. And so sometimes like trying to get a routine down mm. is really tough. I mean, I think it's tough for writers in general, but I try to make, instead of necessarily saying also like, oh, I need this many hours I write today, also being like, like three pages of this script, or yeah. like, I'm going to finish this outline. So you give I'm yourself gonna, like, like a task. Give myself a yeah. task and a goal. And it's interesting because I have friends of mine who have like this uh, startup for this like app that they're developing. And it's the same way for them. So they'll be like, you know, today, you know, we've got to like write code on this or, sure. you know, we've got to... Network with this. Are your friends Silicon Valley, the TV mm-hmm. show? No, I mean, kind of ish, but like it's funny because actually one of them does go down to Silicon Valley fairly often. Well, you, too. I guess you would have to. Yeah. 
There you go. And mm. Silicon Valley actually had a really good episode about stronger female characters. Right. Called, wow, I don't know if I'm caught up yet. I've only seen like half of the first season. Oh, okay. oh you have to get to the end of the <laughs> the end of the first season has like one of the best scenes in TV. Oh, I heard about, I've heard about this optimum, scene. Optimum tip to tip efficiency. <laughs> it's so good. I, mean, I think I listened to Kumail. Oh, oh, Johnny? On the, yeah, on the, on on the, the nurse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's such a good scene. Um, and it's great because it's real. Like we were talking about good writing, it's really funny. It's really ridiculous. It's longer than it needs to be, but it also actually is a major plot point that then leads to like you know the big like epiphany for the main character and stuff. We're talking about the dick joke. The dick joke. Yeah. yeah. Like, so it's like a really great like yeah. overlong extended dick joke. <laughs> <laughs> But also, it's a really great, um, yeah, like, really great setup for plot and stuff like that. Oh, that's and that's amazing. And that's where, like, TV, like, so, like, I, I think I'm pretty good at getting down the theory for what is good TV writing. I still need so much practice. That's something where I'd really like to, like, do more of, because I also have, like, a, I have a comedy pilot, like, a half-hour comedy pilot um, <laughs> about, like, a, like, teenage girl or whatever, um, that I would really love to get made at some time or like really do. That is another one of my babies, but like, it's just something that like, you know, I'm it's in your baby pile. It's in my baby pile. Yeah. And I've got to work, you know, one baby at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess is also good for like parenting advice as well. well you, you gotta like, go, you gotta yeah. put out your fires where they come up. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't just go in like making babies all the time. Or <laughs> Flavor Flav style. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, okay, so what do you? What is it that you want to do with your with your comedy? Uh, with this, well, I'd love to get anything? made. I mean, for me, I'd say it's like in the realm of less than kind. I don't know if oh, you've okay, yeah. seen, but like that was the I show I did. Like that was Mark when McKinney. A, Mark McKinney, yeah, who like uh, co-produced that. I think, yeah. Um, yeah. Man, Canada needs more comedies like that. Yeah, well, I think I mean, cause I don't know, like a lot of the times, like a lot of Canadian shows. I think Canadian shows fail when they try to be too American. Yeah. Um, and they should just do their own thing. they have a whole country for that. America? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And I think, like, and same with Canadian films. Like, I remember Ryan Reynolds was in this, like, $8 million heist film called Foolproof. Uh, it was a Canadian heist film. And $8 million budget made about a hundred grand at the box office. Because they, like, they, like, you know, tried to, like, plug it to all the different, like, you know, like, spread it across like cinemas all over and Meanwhile, no one wanted to see it men with brooms on the other hand. men with brooms did well box office success yeah I and it's love that movie. and it, yeah it's a great it's a fun ridiculous movie it's like so silly like but it's good or like goon goon yeah, is a goon. great canadian comedy Man, it kicked ass too. yeah yeah, for sure, it's so much. Too now. Yeah. That's right, and so much so that then like Kevin Smith had to hold off on his hockey <laughs> uh, film kind of thing. Um, was that, wait, was that the one that he? What one did he just make? That wasn't about hockey, was it? No, no, no. no. He put off his hockey movie. He oh, had a okay. yeah. Or, he had a film called Hit Somebody, and he actually uh, wanted Sean William Scott to be in it. Well, there you go. Um, but yeah. then yeah, but like and Canada the, got to it first. For sure, Kevin. And then the <laughs> F the F word is another like a good one or whatever. So like stuff like that where it just tries to I think where things more like where Canadian shows just try to be themselves and that's why like Orphan Black I think does well because it just has its own personality. Shit's Creek again like Shit's Creek yeah. I think another good Canadian yeah. comedy like yeah, yeah it's been uh, picked up for another 
least one other season. It's maybe on the two. flicks as well. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So like something like that. Like I mean, I think where it yeah, just they, sort of they bought the like next season based on the uh, the, the pilot, pilot alone, like yeah. the success yeah. of the pilot. It was a strong pilot. Yeah. Yeah, and for like, sure. When you've got somebody like Eugene Levy and, yeah. and Catherine O'Hara in the cast. Yeah, I mean those. Uh, yeah, but they're not. Those two are so. That could have gone. They could have been like a paycheck show, but it wasn't. They're like, oh, they're bringing it. Did you watch it? I, I watched the pilot. I think the episode after as well. I did the the yeah. double release. Right. I've seen the first half of the first season, so I still need to finish it. But also, what's great is like, see, like I go to like, because I don't actually uh, have a TV, but I watch it on like CBC.ca, and then mm, like right. open blackhead watch on Space.ca. So also. Trying to like support because a lot of what, Canadian how, shows. How do you watch Orphan Black? Space. space. Oh shit. On, on space.ca. <laughs> I, I need um, to do that for the I, next uh, Inky we go to the. And especially for like Canadian shows because, uh, you know that like helps the ratings if you of watch course. instead of streaming it like you to watch it. it um, because I'd be lying if I said I don't. I mean, so many things to watch. I use Netflix and stuff, but sometimes I do stream a few shows. Yeah. Um, like those Alex. Yes, that's true. Uh, but then, like, you know, especially with Canadian shows, going to the websites and then watching them on the websites, and during a few, like, you know, 30 Couple second ads, commercials yeah. or whatever, yeah, then I just cool. get more, like, cookies and milk. Yeah. Uh, that just like that watching time. it on normal TV. That's like the, yeah. one of the, during the broadcast of the Pan Am Games closing ceremony, everybody was complaining about the commercials. You're like, why are there so many commercials? It's like, how the hell do you think the CBC gets funded? Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. What do you, what do you, how do you think TV works? Yeah. Yeah. There's just, oh, so many commercials. Instead, they just should have had like the like Product like placement. like, like <laughs> yeah, Kanye exactly. West eating Doritos yeah, during his exactly. performance, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like in the middle of like singing Black Skin Head, just being like, you know, this is some goon shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That would be great. Um. Yeah. So like stuff like that, where like I try to like really, especially if there's a Canadian show I like. Uh, I was really, uh, it was really unfortunate that Strange, um, uh, Strange Empire uh, didn't get picked up for a second season. I don't know if you said, it was another CBC show. It was, it was like, old western one. Old western. So it was like Canada's Deadwood. Huh? Like not as high, but not as high budget, but I guess, unfortunately, too high budget for how much oh, uh, funding it had. And so, or for how much like ratings it got. That was strong female character. That was again, like it was a really cool, like really, well, the, and the whole premise is basically like, all the men in this like village get killed and they have to rely on this guy who's like creating this brothel and things like that and uh, like basically trying to build his own new strange empire in Canada on the like Alberta Montana border before either of them have be- officially become a province or state okay, yeah. so yeah, it's right, when like the co- both countries are in flux and it was a really cool premise and oh, yeah like man. they had a really great like strong female character in that she was strong but also in that like she was like very well rounded and well yeah. developed. Um, I think that might be a Netflix too. I'll have a look. Yeah, like that would and that would have been really great because that was that was again like it had its really had its own personality. Hmm. Um, and that's why I think Canadian shows need more. But you know, with guys like Stephen Harper who just want to like fund show like shows and movies that try to be like American things or that are only made or by military. Uh, isn't yeah, that great? <laughs> isn't Oil Awesome? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Welcome yeah. to the Oil Awesome show. Or like, yeah, like, or like things that are like, you know, made by, like David Cronenberg will always get funding. Right. But, which is great, because I mean, I think his films are really They're interesting. weird and out there, yeah. But the thing is like, you know, like we also need to find new people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We, 
it's like not like son. Canada's short. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like Canada's short of any talent. Yeah, plenty of talent. Certainly. All the live stuff I see on a regular basis anyway. Yeah, for sure. Like, so many great, and, like, especially comedy. Like, so many great comedians. That's why. Yeah, I don't really see people go out and doing, uh, like, stand-up drama that often, though. (gasps) Yeah. yeah, yeah. We need to start start stand-up drama. drama. (laughs) John John Drama improv. Yeah. John Hamm said that on, he was on Pete Holmes' uh, podcast, You Made It Weird. Yeah. And he was saying how, like, the one thing is, like, with Pete Holmes, you know, as a comedian, if he has, you know, if, if he doesn't have anything going on, he can just go out and like work on his comedy whereas like John Hamm's like I can't like just like go out and like recite like you know a monologue at like some like pub at two in the morning like that's a good point yeah they just go out there and just like start saying like to be or not to be to a bunch of drunks yeah but you could do it on YouTube or something though <laughs> I guess so I wonder if that's ever gone open viral open yeah open drama oh yeah open mic drama oh that'd be so awful that'd be <laughs> so sad <laughs> Like people like going on and like doing like a monologue from the hours at a like pub or something. Oh man. Yeah. Just find a really sad film and then like. Just all vaginum mo- monologue all the time. Vaginum. Vaginum, yeah. <laughs> but some of those monologues are really funny. Yeah, I know my vagina monologues. And on that note. <laughs> cool. Um. Because when Nick and I talk, it's more like. Uh, we don't have time to do anything. So it's nice to have Dan on the podcast to be like, I'm working on all of the things right yeah, now. Hopefully one of them works out. Right. Yeah, yeah, But it's true. I mean, it's a testament to your uh, dedication and yeah. stick to it. Stick yeah. to it. Yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah. I think uh, people will be uh, inspired when they listen to you and mm-hmm. be like, uh, oh yeah, I'm really sitting on my, you know, finger. What's that? Tuckus. Tuckus. I'm yeah, or sitting on my. What's the expression when you sit on your thumb and I don't know if that's not the right word. Yeah, I'm really sit sitting on. on I'm, rotating. <laughs> I'm really sitting. I'm really rotating right now. Yeah. Uh, but no. So sit on your hands. I think is what you're. Stop saying. thumbing yourself in the butt and uh, get to work. But yeah. I'm having a good time. Yeah. This is my art. Yeah. I think just yeah, like always trying to like work towards something is the best way to do it. Great. And then hopefully, yeah, I have, I'm confident that eventually I'll get that. I'm not. I don't know if I'll ever be like, you know, like a millionaire. Conan, I don't think. I don't know. If, I don't know if I'll ever be Cronenberg's son, but like maybe a nephew. Uh, Some sort of yeah. distant relative. Yeah, um, but like you know, I I've, I'm confident that in the next couple of years I'll be able to like not have a day job and then just like struggle paycheck to paycheck on my own writing. Good. Um, awesome. Yeah. And the struggle continues. Woo! Thanks for coming, Dan. Thank you for having me, Watson and Watson. So struggle on. Thanks. Oh. Smooth. Is that what you guys said? Yeah. yeah. Hashtag struggle. Yeah, let's listen right. and have Dan say it. So, struggle on. Oh, that was good. nice. I thought he was gonna go sexy, but then he was just like full out encouragement. Yeah. yeah. Good. Alright. Do 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 do. And I would not do you from the